Hey everyone, it's Jonathan and welcome back to Christmas in July on every version ever. Today is our second to last episode for this month's Nutcracker series, and as I love to do, I went and found something really random and obscure for us to talk about. Today I'm joined by Sarah and we're talking about an episode of a British children's educational program from the 80s called Music Time. That doesn't sound like something that would have the makings for one of the best episodes so far, but it kind of was. This special was a stop-motion, or puppet film, as the presenters called it, and used an abridged version of the story paired with stop-motion animation as a way to introduce children to the music of the ballet. The results were surprisingly charming. I guess before we start talking about this thing, how familiar are you with the Nutcracker? Somewhat. I mean, I grew up with it a little bit, but it's not like it was hammered into my brain the way some things would be. So, I probably learned more from video or Wikipedia or whatever than, Mm. yeah. Yeah, I was not very familiar with the Nutcracker. I mean, I, I know the music, but I know the music more from Fantasia than from, like, the actual ballet. I vaguely remember watching a ballet when I was a kid, like a, on a VHS tape, but I don't know which version it would have been, and that's about all that I ever knew about the Nutcracker. I feel like I watched one or more animated things, maybe, but it really wasn't a big part of our lives. Um, I maybe heard the music more. I don't know. This one was a bit different, and I know you weren't like super excited about doing Nutcracker versions. But when I saw this one, I thought, this looks like something Sarah would like. It pulled me in. (laughs) And we've talked about before, I seem to like about anything that's stop motion, and this qualifies too. Mm -hmm. That's what made me figure he would like this one. This is an episode of a British children's television program called Music Time. And apparently the purpose of this show was to introduce musical concepts in an entertaining format according to something I read on Wikipedia. And then I think the show would also be sent around and used in schools, like in music programs, to teach kids things. But I think this was some kind of a special, because they didn't do too much teaching of music. They sang a couple songs at the beginning. They sang Oh Christmas Tree and The Mexican Carol. Mm -hmm. And they talked like they had been doing this for a few weeks, like it would be culminating the next week in a huge sing-along with a full orchestra. Okay. And then they also talked about paying attention to the tunes while you're watching the puppet film. This was okay. That's how they referred to the, the stop motion, as it's a puppet film. The lady on there seemed very posh. <laughs> the hosts were Catherine Harries and Peter Combe, and I looked them up. Apparently she, like, just died. That's funny. His name is Peter Combe. Yeah. With all that hair. (laughs) That's pretty good. Yeah. He's still still touring. He's an Australian children's musician. He's 74 and he's still making music, I guess. Good for him. And Catherine Harries apparently died at the end of May at age 72. Mm. And after she finished her work on Music Time, which she did from 77 to 83... She went on to become an opera singer. And I think she did that for the rest of her life. Okay. 
Yeah, opera seems to, I think maybe for the most part, they maintain their strengths and can continue on for a long time. Mm-hmm. The little vocal bodybuilders. <laughs> but yeah, even before it started with the stop motion stuff, just there was something about them, the way they were talking and the way they were singing these songs was like, Sarah would like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but then when it started doing the stop motion, I was like, yeah, Sarah would probably really like this one. I liked the animated part, too, because the mm-hmm. story was engaging. Yeah. Because it's not like the animation was super fancy, but the story was interesting. You're talking about the the illustrated bit in the middle? Oh, was it not animated? My brain wanted to think of it as animated. I don't think there was much animation, if any. I think it had some, maybe, transitions that made it seem a little bit Maybe animated. kind of like if you're watching something with subtitles and all of a sudden your brain starts to blend in, like, it's just... Probably. You know, it's like you're not thinking as much about the fact that mm-hmm. this isn't actually in your language. Mm-hmm. That's probably a good vote in its favor, if I'm that <laughs> caught. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, this is a very shortened version of the story. You have Clara and Fritz getting ready for the party. At first I was thinking they both looked kind of mischievous, but Fritz looks like an absolute imp. Just the way they've painted on his face. He needed to go play outside. (laughs) There was a lot of energy there, and he was ornery. And you've got scenes of them watching the guests arrive and the party with the nutcracker music. It seems like maybe 1850s, I don't know, in the styles of the hair and clothing. I think it probably was. I think that's about the time that the story is set. Okay. And then you've got the arrival of their godfather, who in this version is Counselor Drosselmeyer. I don't think I've ever heard him referred to as Counselor Drosselmeyer before. I didn't know there was a godfather in the story, so... Oh, yes. Drosselmeyer's like the guy who kicks everything off by bringing the gifts. I never had a godfather. Neither did I. Mm. <laughs> I don't think that's a very American thing. I don't know. Mexicans get him. <laughs> Not us. Well, don't so I think some Americans do that. Well, some, but it's not that widespread. Yeah. It seems like a relatively good thing. Maybe I should google it. I'm not going to get can, one now. <laughs> who can be my, god, <laughs> my godfather? <laughs> We're in our 30s, but somebody could still adopt us as, their god, as our godfather. It would be interesting to learn more about it. Not that I'm going to, you know. <laughs> Will you be my honorary godparent? <laughs> All that is required is that we go out for sandwiches now and then and talk about life. <laughs> Drosselmeyer brings a big black cabinet full of presents, which seemed like a very awkward way to bring presents. I'd take it. I liked how he patted the children on the head in time to the music. (laughs) A couple of the children didn't look like they were into it. (laughs) And then, as is in most versions, his gifts are these mechanical things, including the castle. And he also has a swan on a glass lake, which... Like, I haven't fully read the book, so I don't know if that's in the book or not. I don't remember a swan on a glass lake table thing. But it kind of makes sense because there is a swan toward the end of the story. 
But Clara just wants the nutcracker. Which is I, an interesting thing to fixate on. Yeah, well, that's what happens in the book, too. I don't really know why she likes this nutcracker so much. She likes creepy jaws. <laughs> and then they've changed a bit what happens with the nutcracker. It is broken by Fritz, but he's more, I don't know, bad in this version. Mm. Like, in the book, as far as I remember, he just breaks it by cr- trying to crack a nut that's too big. And in this one, I think he just he steals it and runs away and drops it. I think the naughtiest thing that he did was, I think he pushed her. Yeah, that so, too. So, other than that, he just seemed, other than that, he just seemed like he had maybe just too much energy that needed to, he needed to go play outside, like I said. Yeah, I, I feel like, and I need to, like, actually fully read the book, but I feel like they just made him more of a bratty little brother in this version. I don't remember sure. him being that way in the book. It was interesting when they got called in for dinner how they had the the table, the round table, and just the style that they had with that, and the clothes and the hair, and it was interesting stylistically. Um, it maybe would have been nice if uh, Clara was able to blink, but <laughs> it worked. <laughs> I loved how they had a tiny, all these dolls basically for stop motion and then you had a little dollhouse with an even tinier doll (laughs) inside of it that was so cute yeah you've got i don't remember how much of this is in the book but fritz is making a ton of noise and to shut him up drosselmeyer tells them the story of the nutcracker and i don't feel like that's how it went in the book but whatever it works (laughs) so he tells them how the nutcracker came to be the story of the Mouse Queen and her seven-headed son. Which is what drew me in. Like this Mouse Queen pronouncing curses and the whole fairy tale around that. Like, I got into that. That was interesting. Why nobody killed the Mouse Queen? I'm not it, sure. They, they changed that. She's dead in the book. She gets stepped on and she's dead. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she... in In this version... It plays out similar, but the princess is a baby. I'm not sure why they changed that, because in the book, the princess is a little girl. Her name is Perlipet, I think. Okay. (laughs) This part is very, even more fairy tale-like than the rest of the story. That's like a a white cat name, Perlipet. (laughs) Kind of. But in they they just tell you that she has placed a curse on the baby, and the baby became the ugliest baby in the world. And you but they never of, show you. You just see some dark hair sticking <laughs> out from behind a man or something. In the book, I think she's described as turning into something that looks like a nutcracker. Oh, oh, that would be problematic. <laughs> oh, that's nasty. But that also makes sense with what happens to the prince who becomes a nutcracker, too. So Okay. What I didn't get, well, I sort of got it, but the guy offering the whole kingdom to whoever could fix this problem, it's like... I don't oh, think that's in the book either. I about, think they made that up for this version. How about half, you know? <laughs> I feel like I need, I, like I said, I need to read the book, but I don't think that they gave away the kingdom. I think they were offering Pearl Pet's hand in marriage. Naturally. But in this version, she's an infant... <laughs> So I guess they're not going to do that. So they'll just give away the kingdom. 
I don't know. <laughs> like, that's a devoted parent. <laughs> and they've also changed what the nut is. I think in the book it's called the Krakatuk nut, which is like the hardest that's, nut in the world or something. That's a good, that's a good name. <laughs> and in this one it's a silver nut. Yeah. And it has to be cracked. I, I don't remember what it is in the book, but it's weird in the book. Like, I think it's somebody who has... Like, never worn boots or something? I don't remember. It was a very arbitrary, weird, random thing. And in this one... They just had to re have really good jaw power. I guess so. I don't remember... I don't think there was any... Now you're pulling me into the story even more. <laughs> I'll have to let you borrow the book once I actually read the thing, because I should read it before I watch any more versions. But yeah, anyways, it's supposed to be cracked by the teeth of a young man. And they've also kind of... I don't want to say, like, cleaned up, but since they've abridged this so much, they don't really show what's happening with all the other people. And I think in the book, they're, like, literally breaking their teeth out, trying to crack this nut. Oh. <laughs> like, uh, the other version that I recently watched that I did with Jenna was a movie that she grew up with from the 90s. It was an animated version. They changed the animation style, because most of it was, like, Disney but then they changed, in this part, they changed something that looked like 1960s Looney Tunes style, okay. which would, which made it a lot more palatable when people were breaking their teeth out. <laughs> it wasn't as horrifying as it would have been to see a Disney character so breaking they, their so teeth out. So they had out. one animation style for part of it and another for another part of it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> But with this, this they did something similar with this by having it just illustrated instead of the stop-motion doll characters. Which would have been pretty good if you had a scene like that with stop-motion. Well, that would have been interesting. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the only person who is successful in breaking this silver nut is the guy who would eventually be the nutcracker. And as soon as the baby is uncursed... He steps back from the cradle and accidentally steps on the Mouse Queen, who is, instead of being killed, she's just enraged, and he then he gets cursed as well, and he becomes the Nutcracker. And the only way for him to be restored is to defeat the Mouse King in battle. So how does that work in the book, with him becoming the Nutcracker? I think it was just the fact that he killed her, the curse transferred to him. Oh. Okay. In the version that I saw with... Jenna, I think the Mouse King cursed him after he killed his mother. Oh, okay. And I'm not sure, I'm not 100% sure which way it went in the book. But they say that the only way for him to be restored is to defeat, defeat the Mouse King in battle and find a young girl who will love him despite his ugliness. And then that's the end of the story and everyone goes to dinner. And then during the dinner, they have this scene where Fritz goes missing and puts the Nutcracker on top of the mechanical castle. And I'm not really sure why they did that. I thought it was before the dinner. Before, like, he was, like everybody was supposed to be gathering, and he hung back and put it there and then came. Well, they had him hang back, but then it was during the dinner. Nobody knew where he went. And then it had a scene of him putting the thing on the castle. I don't know. Maybe. Not that it matters, because it didn't really ultimately affect the story too much, other than she came into the room later and found him on top of the castle. Yeah. 
But then that night, Clara wakes up to mysterious sounds, which is just mice squeaking downstairs. Mm. Which would be a creepy sound to wake up to if it was that loud and numerous. And the whole thing with the clock having the glowing eyes, like that doesn't <laughs> seem like something they would have actually had back then. I feel like that could potentially be from the book, too, because in the version that I watched with Jenna, there was an owl on the clock, but it was actually Drosselmeyer. And I don't really remember why. I need to read that part in the book. Okay. There's a lot of weird stuff in this story. Okay. <laughs> so she is besieged by mice and the mouse king appears and then the nutcracker comes to life and a huge battle ensues these mice were fairly cute and the mouse king was actually fairly cute too with all of his heads (laughs) the nutcracker leads an army of toy soldiers against the mice and eventually the king is defeated and he falls into a lake and I can't really tell what the lake was supposed to be. I was like... It's probably with the swan. That's what I eventually figured out, but it looks like maybe he fell into the carpet and the carpet just became a lake. I don't know. And then, of course, the nutcracker becomes human. And then the castle begins to grow. But I think it's supposed to symbolize them traveling to the, the kingdom of sweets, which is where all of the stuff with the mouse king and the princess happened. I'm not. I'm not really sure because, yeah, it's they've they've shortened it so much that I wasn't really sure what was going on. But I think, I don't think the castle was actually growing. It just seemed that way. I don't know how deeply I thought about it. <laughs> Sometimes I think too deeply about things. Sure. But then they ride the golden swan from the table earlier, and Clara is to be crowned princess. I liked the riding of the swan. <laughs> And they go to the castle, and I think that this is supposed to be the Sugar Plum Fairy. There's this little wooden doll thing that's sort of like flying around. It doesn't have wings, but it also doesn't have clothes. And then the Sugar Plum Fairy song is playing, Mm -hmm. the Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies. So I think that's who that this character is supposed to be. And then all of the bowls of sweets on the table start dancing, and... Then all the candy is dancing, (laughs) and Clara is pointed to the throne, and a crown appears on her head. Candy was kind of like a kaleidoscope effect. Yeah. And then at the end, the candy explodes, and the narrator asks if Clara is dreaming or if it's actually happening to her. And then the credits start rolling over a picture of Clara asleep in her bed, so I guess we have our answer. (laughs) I mean, I... It would have been nice if they'd shown, like, a little dead body or something, so, you know, like, of the Mouse King or something, so there's, like, <laughs> a hint that, no, this actually happened. You wanted a tiny mouse corpse next to Clara sleeping. It doesn't even have to be there. Just some <laughs> indication that this actually happened instead of being a dream, but I don't know how important that is. I don't either, but I don't think it was a dream in the book. I think it actually happened. I need, like I said, I need to actually read the thing, but I'm pretty sure it actually happened. And the gist with this seems to be that it's just supposed to be some sort of platonic love of this little girl towards the Nutcracker. Well, yes, but also in the thing where it's where the narrator is asking if if she's actually dreaming, she like turns into an adult for for a brief moment. So I don't know. (laughs) 
Well, she can be an adult in a dream if she wants, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of confused by that part. Huh. But like I said, everything was extremely shortened. So, and I don't think that it was, I don't think it was meant to be anything more than just a cute story. I don't think they put as much thought into it as I have put put into it. It was enjoyable. Yeah. But that was the end. That's probably a good length for the attention span of children. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. I I thought it was cute. I figured you'd like it. I thought this would be a good one to do. A good short one. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a whole bunch of versions, so I did not want them all to be very long movies. <laughs> no, I'm... Like, maybe... Don't hate me, people. But maybe in the right context... I'd probably really enjoy ballet, but I'm, in general, not a ballet person, but I am a stop-motion person, so this was, and I love children's stories, so this was a very good version for me. Mm-hmm. I should have you read the book, and then if I ever do more Nutcrackers, maybe we can find something else that's mm. up your alley. Some Yugoslavian stop-motion <laughs> with, yeah, <laughs> I'm not, like, huge into ballet, but if they do something really cool-looking, then I'll be into it. There was one that I found on YouTube. I don't know if you'd be into it or not, but it looked really cool. I didn't watch the whole thing. Mm. But at some point, I should do different versions, like, that are actually ballet. I don't think I'm doing too many. I'm doing some animated ones and Disney ones. I don't think I'm doing too many traditional ones. Mm. But I should at some point in the future, so I'll try and find something that... I think you will like. We can do another one. Probably animated. If I'm, yeah. If, if I, there is if, more. if I were, if I were to do another one, but yeah, you and I always, yeah. There, there'll probably be more Alice. I know there's going to be more Alice in the future. That's what's next. Yeah. Is this is this a long-awaited episode that that we're about to do? Yes. Okay, I feel like there have been several about people that. requesting this one. Okay, so you get me for Nutcracker this time and. Then up next, Alice. Okay, well, until then. (laughs) All right, bye. Thanks for listening to Every Version Ever. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well, and if you want more content from us, check out one of the other podcasts in the iHeartMovies podcast network, or check out my brand new Patreon. My link tree, as well as any other relevant links, will be in the description. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.